Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super pumped that you're here. I'm also super pumped it's December. Like I can't believe it's the end of the year already. Uh, it's the first full week of December and you know, I just did a post about this last week. What, what's so crazy too is that things don't seem to be slowing down. I feel like in the past years, maybe this has been a time where things have just slowed down for a lot of people. But I'm really feeling and seeing so much energy around the learning and development space, around programming, around career development, around career transition. And it's really exciting. Uh, And I really want to capitalize on a lot of this energy that is going around right now and really set you all up for, for 2023. So those of you who are career transitioning, I am doing a free, I've never done a free three-day challenge before, but I'm doing a free three-day challenge. Uh, It's going to be the 13th, 14th, and 15th of this month. I don't really have a lot of details yet. I'm not quite sure how it's going to manifest itself, but I know it's going to be three days and I know it's going to be those three days. And we are really going to look at resetting your vision, your goals from a career development perspective uh, in 2023. So whether you are new to L&D, you're in L&D, or you've been around the block a few times in L&D, if you are wanting to think more about your career transition or your career trajectory in general, this is going to be a great free challenge for you to join. So we're going to spend three days together. Um, we're really going to look at, uh, no no pun intended, it's not really a pun, but we're going to look at you know the past, the present, and the future. So I know we're kind of ghost of Christmas pasting it here. Um, but we're really going to spend some time uh, looking at that and, and figuring out how do we how do we take our past, how do we take our present, and how do we define our future. So if you are interested in joining it, like I said, it's absolutely free. I don't know how it's going to be yet. Um, mix of calls, possibly some drop modules. We'll we'll figure it out as as we get a little bit closer. But uh, the link to register for that free program is on my website. So if you go to theovernettrainer.com/events, you will see it in there. Uh, there's a, a, a document for you to add your or a form for you to add your name to. And as soon as I have the details, I'll be sending that out. Um, and whatever it is too, it'll be recorded. So you'll have access to it as well. So yeah, keep that in mind. That is happening. You all are, if you're on my email list, you found out about that last week. Um, if not, you are finding out about it now and it'll go live to everyone else uh, later on this week. Um, I do want to also take some time to celebrate my clients. And similar to what I was talking about before, you know, it things haven't slowed down. Even today, today's Monday, I pretty much record these the day before they come out. Um, but today's today's Monday the fifth, and it's just been incredible. Just the conversations I've been having with my fast track clients uh, in our in our group chat 
uh, amazing, you know, second round, third round, final round interviews happening. Uh, people are waking up every single day to uh, interview requests in their in their inbox and. It's just amazing. You know, this last week alone, I've had over 10 clients who've moved on to first, second, and third round interviews. I've had clients start their new roles, making 10, 20, 30, 40K uh, more per year than they were before. And it's just been really incredible to see, again, the energy is buzzing right now. Things are not slowing down. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk of recessions and layoffs out there, but I do want to expose the other side that there are a lot of people landing their dream roles, changing their lives right now. And you can be one of those. So come join us at the uh, the reset challenge that we're having. So it's free again, three days. And I just want to congratulate all of my fast track clients. And if you are ready to jump all, all in on fast track, highly recommend that you do that. Uh, it's staying as as is right now for the next uh, probably week or two. But uh, towards the end of this month, it will change. So the program, uh, the the content is not going to change, but the way that it's being offered will. So uh, there's going to be three different or at least two different tiers of access, probably three different tiers of access. Uh, one is that you'll have access to the course and all the coursework plus a live Q&A. The other one is that you'll have access to the coursework, a live Q&A plus uh, coaching from me, group coaching. And then the final tier, the highest tier will be one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with me. So right now, as it is, uh, it the program is designed to have the group component. So if you are interested in that at its current rate, at its current structure, I highly suggest jumping in now before things change uh, in the next couple of weeks. Probably change sometime next week, actually. So just keep that in mind. If you have any questions, of course, y'all know where to find me and DM me and email me, whatever, all the things, ping me, page me. <laughs> but all right, all right, let's get into today's episode. So what's really interesting is that we're approaching, I think uh, this is like the 89th or the 90th episode. So we're, we're approaching 100, which is pretty freaking cool. But I realized that in the in the two years of doing this, uh, there's only one episode, the first episode, where I talk about my career transition. Um, and I don't really go into in, in that in depth into it. I, I definitely share my experience, but I haven't really talked about my career transition into L&D and what that looked like for me and, and really what I've taken away from that and what I coach my clients on. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. It's going to be about me. So, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, so first and foremost, uh, for those of you that are tuning in, or maybe this is the first time you've heard my story, thank you. For those of you that have heard it before, I hope you get a little bit more out of it. But uh, my background is not in learning and development. I did not go to school for learning and development originally. I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So when I was in the 10th grade, I had a history teacher, uh, Mr. Negacy. He asked, he said he wants uh, someone in this room to be the first female president, first woman president. And so I raised my hand. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and so the whole year, he had actually, and through the rest of my high school career, he called me uh, Miss, Mrs. President, which was which was really fun and very endearing. Uh, but when I went to college, I originally went to uh, Florida State University. I went wanting to be in politics. So I, ha I always had a love for politics. I still do to some extent. Um, and I'm very pl plugged in, very in tune with politics. And so I wanted to be in politics. I wanted to be moved my way up, wanted to be a senator, and I wanted to be president of, of the United States, which, I mean, I'll be 35 in a couple of months, so I think that's the that's the age limit. So I, I still still can be the first female president. <laughs> it's not too late for me. But uh, what I will say is it was, um, you know, about 
a couple months into being a political science major that I realized I didn't want to be in politics. And I it was at that point, I was 18 years old, and I was starting to, to realize, um, especially living in a capital city, uh, just how dirty politics could be and how how much it was, I'll do this for you if you do that for me. And um, I didn't I didn't like that. It was not a not a vibe for me. And so I felt lost. I felt really lost in a sense of what is it that I that I want to do. And so I switched my major to psychology and I figured I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to help people. Um, you know, I really wanted to focus a lot on people who I came from a family where there was a lot of drug abuse, so uh, people who grew up in the in that sense uh, and grew up in a similar household to me, I wanted to help people like that. So I switched my major to psychology, but I didn't really, you know, school really wasn't for me. So I, and I wasn't more like interested in partying or things like that. I was more interested in working. So at that time, I was putting myself through school and I was working three different jobs. So I was working at my college's alumni association and I was, um, I've ended up leading a call center actually. Uh, But I started out as a student caller calling and asking for donations. I'm sure many of you who've gone to college uh, have have been on the receiving end of one of those calls. Uh, but I worked my way up in, in that call center, started out as a student caller. I was a top performer. And then I moved into being a supervisor. And then I moved into managing the call center. So I started leading an entire call center at the age of 19, uh, which was pretty cool. I mean, looking back now, I'm like, who the hell gave that to me? But uh, it was really where I got my first taste of training and coaching and feedback. And it, I, again, didn't put all these things together at the time, but one of the things I loved to do was create training guides for people. Uh, you know, I was responsible for training all of our new hires and creating programming around that. I was responsible for listening to calls and giving quality assurance feedback to people and coaching them uh, one-on-one and in group interventions. I was responsible for employee engagement. Uh, we had uh, different um, different events that we ran. We had different competitions that we ran, you know, who could raise the most money and things like that. So uh, I look back now at that being such a pivotal point in in my life and in my career. But at the time, of course, I'm 19. What do I know, right? Uh, so I was doing that. I was also working at a I was working retail, so I was working at a store in Orlando, which is where I was going to school at the time. I went from I moved from FSU to Central Florida, and I was yeah I was selling. I worked at a, a, a store that was a like a pet supply store, like about a, a really nice fancy one, and we sold the like, high end dog food and toys and beds and all that stuff. So uh, I did that on the weekends and absolutely loved it, and it really gave me an opportunity to. To, to dip into to dip into sales from more of that retail side, um, build those relationships with people, right? Whereas with my other job in that call center, uh, especially as, as a caller, but and I worked my way up, um, especially as a caller, you know, you're building those relationships, but over the phone. So it was really nice to be able to be in a place to build those relationships, see customers come in and out, and build more of a, a longer clientele with relationships. Um, and then in addition to that, I worked for the Muscular Dystrophy Association and uh, also did some fundraising for them too. So uh, 
I look back now and right, all of those things, being able to talk to people, have conversations, build relationships, uh, sales, customer service, training, coaching, uh, you know, the, creating the, the employee engagement, onboarding, right? All of these things were themes for me really, really early on. So when I talk about you know, the the career transition reset we're gonna have, we are gonna we're gonna go back. And I think a lot of times we discount that, right? I remember uh, interviewing Jess Omley for my podcast, uh, you know, early on, probably sometimes last year. And we, she talked about how one of her first jobs was at McDonald's. And that was so pivotal to her realizing it, not at the moment, but later on in life, right? That that's what she loved to do. You know, she was in a, a role where she was training people and coaching people um, and helping people. And that was so pivotal to her. So again, I think back and you know, it was still a it was still many, many years later that I realized that training and development, learning and development could even be a career, but those seeds were planted in me at that point. Uh, so eventually I got tired of working three jobs. Um, I've shared this story before, but uh, I was not, uh, I was your kind of typical irresponsible with money uh, teenager. And uh, the way that I ended up getting into my next role and again, this is why uh, we, we learn from our mistakes and we look back and we say, hey, you know what? That actually sent me in the direction I needed to go in. Uh, my mom was my co-signer in my apartment and I, I bounced a rent check. And of course they called her. Um, and of course she came and bailed me out right away. Thanks, mom. And uh, But after that, every single month she would call and make sure that the rent was was paid. And she ended up becoming you know friendly. That's my mom, by the way. We're very similar that way. Uh, but she ended up becoming very friendly with the office at the apartment community where I lived and the the sales staff there. And uh, my mom passed along one day to me. She's like, oh, I was talking to so-and-so in the office and they said they were hiring. You know, their company's hiring and, you know, you'd be great doing it. And I was like, absolutely not. My mom was actually in property management and, and, and leasing and sales for apartments and did not want to do what my mom did. Absolutely not. And uh, then she mentioned there was a rent discount. And so I hopped on board very quickly. <laughs> uh, and so I interviewed and that's when I began my career in sales. And so I left my left my my three jobs and I started working now full time. I was working full time hours before, but I worked more of a traditional nine, nine to five. And it was at this point where I decided to leave college. So I was about 20 years old and I was, it was a recession. So at this point it was 2008 and I was seeing so many of my friends you know, struggling with landing roles or um, I was the person I was you know, dating at the time too was graduating and couldn't, you know, couldn't even get into grad school. There were just so many things. And I, I looked and I said, wow, I'm really, really fortunate that I have this full-time job. I have a full-time job. I have full-time income. I'm making pretty like pretty good money. You know, as a 20-year-old, I was making you know $50,000 a year plus bonuses. So, and I know that like that's and that was back in 2008. So, I I was able to see how lucky I was. And also, like I said before, school wasn't quite my thing. I I love learning, obviously. I've been in learning development for a long time. If I hated learning, I would be the biggest farce on this planet. Um, but I didn't like the traditional sense of, of college. I hated the idea of having to take all these electives to do what it is that I actually wanted to do. Um, so, you know, there was, there was so much that, that went into it. And so I left. I thought I'm spending all this money for something I don't even really care about. I don't want to go to graduate school. I don't want to, I realized I didn't want to become a therapist anymore. I felt very lost. And so I had a good thing going. So I left school 
And I dove headfirst into my job in in sales and I leased apartments and sold apartments and um, fell in love with it. And I fell, again, I fell in love with the people aspect of things. But what was interesting and what was so pivotal about this moment for me and, and getting that job was it was the first time I had a very true um, and structured onboarding experience that solidified for me that I had made the right choice. And I think when we think about onboarding, as, as L&D practitioners, whether you're new or you've been in it for a while, but everything in between, you know, we think about onboarding as like orienting, obviously, someone to the organization, making sure they're set up for success, that they're, you know, on that path forward and that they're, you know, immersed in the culture. But I always like to think of onboarding, too, as a sense of like making sure employees don't have buyer's remorse. And I just remember thinking, I remember sitting there in this onboarding, the way that they did it was a, it was a shadow program and it was just... You got to meet people and it was rotational and it was just done so, so, so well. And I remember just sitting there thinking, I made the right choice. You know, look at look at this. I, I made the right choice. And again, at that time, I couldn't really articulate that it was the stellar onboarding experience that I had, right? Like I, I didn't know what it was that I was experiencing, but I knew how I felt and I knew that I felt that I had made the right decision um, and that I was... I did exactly what I was, I, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. So uh, I did that career for, for quite some time and worked my way up and at that point had moved to Washington, D.C. and started to train others. So where where things started to, to come to fruition a little bit more for me is as I became a top performer, I was often pegged to and voluntold to help other people who were either struggling um, or if they were new to the new to the team, new to the division. And so I was kind of sent around to help other people acclimate and to onboard and to help with performance issues and things like that. So again, I, I was happy to do it. Didn't know this could ever be a full-time job. Didn't know, you know, I was just ha- happy to be voluntold. And I know for me, uh, the moments where I was coaching people, helping them, teaching them from a technical standpoint, shadowing, giving feedback, right? All of those things were part of what I was doing, um, but didn't didn't have the name for them even really at that point. So, you know, I, I really started to, to, at that point in my career, evaluate what, what was so exciting. And I knew that, you know, some organizations have corporate trainers and things like that, but I, I had a hard time putting two and two together. And in all honesty, I remember early, early on in my, we had this, uh, quarterly sales training and I always looked forward to it because our corporate trainer his name is Steve Wunsch he's been on the podcast before so uh, that name should sound familiar to you all uh, if you've been listening listening for a minute if you haven't make sure to go back and listen to that episode but I just remember so vividly and I'm, I, I'm reliving it and refeeling it in this moment of being in the room where he was coaching and he was facilitating to all of us around sales and just feeling and the energy that he brought to the room. And I remember looking at him and thinking, wow, what a cool job. Like, but I could never have that. That's just so far away. That's so far away. And I just remember thinking that a job like that, you know, must take so many things that I don't have. I think a lot of people, you know, look at me now like, oh, she's pretty confident. And I definitely, definitely am. But what I realized, and this is why, this is why with my, with my coaching clients, I, I really focus in order to build confidence, I focus on building clarity. 
And I, I, at that time, I didn't have the clarity into what a corporate trainer even did, uh, how one would get there, what that would look like, right? I just saw this person, just saw Steve as this like sage on a stage, as my friend Crystal Kadakia says. And it just felt so untouchable to me. So in that moment, even though he inspired me and that this came, this, this luckily came back, uh, when I had a, uh, when I was able to, when I was older, when I had had more experience, uh, more work experience, the same type of feeling came back to me, which I was so grateful for. But in that moment, I didn't know. I didn't know the skills I had. I didn't know what it is I already brought to the table. And so it seemed so far away. So as I moved on in my career, I moved up, uh, I moved up into, you know, in a management management position where I ended up managing my team and having a, a team to manage. And that's really where I stepped into my, my, I would say most stepped into my learning and development hat, uh, again, without knowing it. <laughs> so all these, I, none of these things I could have put a, a name to, even like coaching or mentoring or facilitation or uh, training guides and you know, content docs, right? No, I, I didn't have any of the verbiage to put to it uh, at this point. But once I started to become a manager and I was leading people and training people, I was really, really seeing the fruits of my labor and the fruits of mentorship and development uh, come, come to life. And at that point, I had been appointed an onboarding mentor in my organization. I had been onboarding all the uh, new managers that came on. And so I was really trying to immerse myself with with the, almost as like a, um, uh, a dotted line somewhat or a, a, an extension of, is probably a better word, of our learning and development department. And I had gone to trainings before in our company and they were fine. Uh, I went to sales training and, you know, the person just kind of sat there all day and, and spoke at us. And so I didn't really, you know, the, the training department of my organization wasn't, this new organization wasn't great, um, but I didn't know any better, really, uh, from that part of my career. But I knew that as I was coaching people, as I was training people, that I really enjoyed it and I really loved it. And I found myself, again, creating training guides and notebooks. And you know, when we would take over a, a new asset, uh, a new a new property asset, I would go there and I would create these guides for everyone and leave them with binders. And it was always something I, I did out of, I wasn't getting paid extra to do it. Uh, it was always something I just really, really loved to do. And so... Uh, for me, uh, what happened to my organ, my what the first organization that I worked at uh, that I got into L and D at is they did a complete overhaul of their human resources department and a complete overhaul of learning and development, and they brought in a very very seasoned director who had been at Marriott for a very long time um, and led learning and development there, and he transformed the not only the department but the culture of learning at the organization. And so up until that point, I had gone to other trainings and they were you know whatever. And I was then sent to a leadership training. So there was a pilot of a, you know, a two-day leadership, like immersive, and I was chosen to go by my manager. So I went, and that was truly, truly, truly the moment for me that I, all the culmination of everything that I had done and led up to this moment, um, all that culmination really, uh, it was like pinpointed and almost like a, a, a <laughs> like a lightning bolt that struck in front of me. And it was in this two-day workshop that I remember sitting there and watching the facilitator facilitate. And I was so engaged and so immersed. And I was with these other really great leaders in the organization from all different levels. 
And I remember how I was feeling being in there. And then I remember looking at her, the facilitator, Genevieve. Uh, and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is her full-time job. Her full-time job is to make people feel this way. And it was in that moment, like I said, it was like the lightning bolt, like the room froze, the angels sang. And I was just like, wait, I can do this. I, I've done all these things. I've made people feel this way. I've created this type of learning content before. I've facilitated uh, in front of people. I have created learning documents. I've put curriculum together. I have coached. I have mentored. I'm like, it was just like this aha, biggest aha moment for me. And so that was the first day and I wanted to ask them how to get into training, but I was like way too chicken uh, to ask. I was like, all right, I'll ask tomorrow since it's a two-day thing. Uh, we went to the second day. Uh, again, it was just another electric experience. Uh, it was also to the pilot. So they were, I, I just loved to how afterwards, uh, Stephen, who was the director and Genevieve, who was the trainer at the time, how they were just so open to receiving feedback around the training experience and what they could do to make it better. And it was, we engaged in this really, really beautiful, thoughtful dialogue. And I just knew, I was like, girl, you better muster up the strength and the energy and the confidence or the whatever you need to go ask them how you can do this. And again, I just kept thinking about how I felt. I felt on top of the world. I felt I could go back and lead my teams. I felt I had these tools. I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt part of a community. And I just knew, I just knew that I could help do that for others as well. So I mustered up the, the courage and afterwards went up to both Stephen and Genevieve and I said, how can I do this? I, I'm just so, I had such an incredible experience and I would love to be a part of doing this for other people. How can I, how can I get involved? How can I become a trainer? How can I, how can I do this? And it was in that moment they looked at each other and looked back at me and they said, do you know Yardi? And that was a software system you know, used in property management. And I said, yes. And I said, how would you like to be a Yardie trainer? And I said, okay. Mind you, I had never officially trained anyone before. I didn't have a direct experience in, in teaching a class, especially on a, on a piece of software. I didn't have any formal experience creating a curriculum, facilitating, uh, you know, coaching on a large scale, setting up a training room, right? None of this. But I said yes, because I knew I could figure it out. Right? I said, yep, yeah. I, I came from a place of yes. And I said, I would love, love to do that. I'd love to try that. And so I became a trainer overnight. And that's one of the reasons why my company is called The Overnight Trainer, because I literally became a trainer overnight. The next day, I was prepping for, I was getting sent materials and prepping to go shadow another tra trainer and to become one myself. Um, but the other reason I call my business The Overnight Trainer is because I already had the skills inside of me, right? It wasn't all of a sudden a chip was inserted and all of a sudden now I'm a trainer, right? I had those skills inside of me already. Right, so overnight I became one, but overnight I also was able to utilize those skills. Right, we, we have them inside of us, but it's those aha moments that we have to have, which sometimes happen overnight, that really show us what we've already been doing all along. 
So from there, I started to become a software trainer. I was still doing my full-time job as a sales manager too. So I was just kind of taking this on as a, an added as added bonus uh, at work just to, you know, to get that experience and to see if I like it. You know, that was one, that's one thing I focus on a lot with my coaching clients is getting as much information as you can to test and pilot things out. Um, it doesn't always work that way, right? Sometimes sometimes we just know. Um, and then other times, you know, we, we get information through networking or through having conversations or whatever it looks like. Um, but for me, I was, I was playing around. I was having fun with it. And I was adding, adding my own spin to it. So I, after each session, I would go and I would connect with uh, the, the learning and development team and getting to know them and sharing my feedback on how we can make things better. And soon enough, I was the sole trainer and I was training other people how to be software trainers uh, in addition, again, to my, to my full-time role. So I really, really enjoyed it and really enjoyed that aspect. And then a full-time role came available in the training department. And I remember looking at the job description and thinking like, wow, okay, uh, I meet some of these, uh, don't have you know all this professional background. I've been doing the software training thing for about six months now, uh, but I don't really have you know, all the formal experience you're looking for. And I definitely don't have the required college degree. So going back to that. And so I didn't apply and I let it sit and I let it sit and I didn't apply, and I still still doing my software training. And after maybe a couple of weeks of it being open, Stephen, who was the head of learning at the time, pulled me aside, and he said, "I just gotta ask you a quick question. Why haven't you applied for this role?" And I instantly said, "Well, I don't have, I don't meet the requirements, and I don't have a college degree." And what happened next is one of the most important things that ever happened to me in my life which was him saying to me, yeah, but you've, you've done all of these things. And in that moment, he saw my transferable experience. He knew just because I didn't have the formalized experience and it doesn't mean I haven't done it. And that changed my life and it changed my client's life too. Because I tell them that all the time. You've done this job. You've done this job. You've done this job. And so I interviewed and got the role. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Spoiler alert. Uh, and that began my career as a corporate trainer. And again, at that time, I I could not have even told you what, in, I didn't even know the term instructional design existed. I didn't know what curriculum development was. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about learning and development. I didn't know anything. But I was a great trainer and a great public speaker I was putting together job aids, creating curriculum. I was recording screenshots of my of my computer and sending it to other people when they were, you know, struggling. I was answering questions. I was onboarding people, right? So I had all of these tools in my toolbox. So when I got there, when I got to the job, I was able to learn what these things were called, but also understand that, hey, I've done these before. I've done these before. I already know how to do a lot of this. And I already had a lot to learn, which was exciting. Right? And so from there, my career grew and I really immersed myself. And it was the first time in my life where I felt this was it. This is what I was supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? This is 
what I love to do. And so I, for a while I continued doing it and wanted to make sure, uh, you know, I felt, I definitely felt that way. Uh, and I grew, I, I learned all about instructional design. I learned about better facilitation techniques. I created my own courses. I created my own e-learning content. I had incredible mentors who were guiding me through the whole process. I immersed myself in books and podcasts weren't really a thing at that time, which is like crazy. Um, even though I'm not that old, sometimes I'm like remembering, I'm like social media was like, all these things were new. Um, didn't even really, really exist at that time. Um, but yeah, I just really jumped into it and I grew, I grew in my career. So, uh, our team started growing and so I grew as well and I moved into a, a corporate training manager position and eventually I became the first director of corporate training. So as my, as the, the former director of learning, uh, grew into the, the vice president, there was an opening for a, a first time director of corporate training, just someone who was solely in charge of that, of the training piece. And I got that role. And I worked my ass off for it. And it really was at that moment too where I realized that I wanted to formalize my education around it, that I wanted to make an investment on myself. As my coach says, I saw myself as an investment, not a gamble. And I made that investment in myself to go back to school and get my degree in organizational leadership and learning. And I fell in love with learning. I fell in love with college again. Uh, I fell in love with just being able to utilize all the information I was learning in my day job and then using my day job to then be examples for my for my schooling. So it was really, really beneficial for me to go back later in life and to to put some formality behind it. Now, what I will say is inside of that, in that program that I was in, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't learn a lot because I definitely learned a lot, but it was more around being able a place to play uh, and a place to explore. But a lot of what I was already, a lot of what I was learning, I already knew. And that's the theme of what I coach a lot on, right? It's like that we already know so many of these things and we already have so much, so many of these capabilities and skills to make us incredible learning and development professionals we don't give ourselves the credit for it often. And so it was it was really great to be able to make our organization help pay for it, which was awesome, but to be able to put some formality behind it and and some some research behind it too. So I was so grateful for the experience to to do that. But again, I made it all the way to being a director of training without even having a college degree, let alone one in learning and development. So I hope that gives you all some some context too as to you know, those transferable skills being so important. Um, and hiring managers can see those. Right? It, it's our responsibility and your responsibility to translate those, uh, but they can see them and they're they're happy to happy to see them and explore them as well. So yeah, that, so that's my career transition. Uh, from there I grew, I mean, I, I've now led learning and development for, you know, four different organizations, including, you know, real estate organizations, retail organizations, consulting organizations. Uh, and I do a lot of, uh, all my L and D work right now is on the consulting side where I consult on, you know, high level, high level strategy and, um, you know, learning strategy and program strategy for you know, multiple two to different organizations and industries. So it's been a really wonderful journey. I'm not going to go through the rest of it now just for the sake of, sake of time, because what I really wanted to focus on was that career transit transition piece and how my journey in that also now affects how I coach people because 
I experienced a non quote unquote non-traditional way into getting into L&D. And there's a lot of people out there who will tell you, you have to work a certain number of years at an entry-level role, that you need to have XYZ certifications, that you need to have XYZ degrees, that you need to do this, 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 and that. And I wanted to share my journey today as a reminder that everyone's journey is different because we are all different. And one person's journey is just that, one person's journey. It's just their way of doing things. And so what I really want you to want to encourage you to do as you think about your career transition, whether you're already in L&D, whether you are new to it, whether you're somewhere you know, in between all of that, I really want you to think about what you've done in the past and what you've really enjoyed doing. And I want you to think back. Like I, I can think back to my first job at 12 years old being a camp counselor uh, and tie that to my love of learning and development now. Right? I mean, so I really want you to take some time today to to focus on those skills that you bring to the table and maybe in a non, non-traditional way. Right? As a society, we're, we're so laser focused in on the traditional quote unquote way. Uh, but I really want you to celebrate today the non-traditionality and where where you've been and how you want that to impact where you're going. And of course, we're going to cover this all in the L&D Career Transition Reset Challenge. We're going to focus on the past. We're going to focus on now. And of course, we're going to set you up for success in the future. So, so if you are interested in joining that, again, theovernighttrader.com slash events. Would love to see you there. And thank you so much for listening to my journey today. It was really awesome to share and go a little bit deeper with you all. And I can't wait to see you all in the reset and we can go deep together. All right. I'll catch y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.